Our lesson for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. And um, Jesus has here been engaged in discussion with his disciples and asking who people say he is. And following that, he then asks them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responds that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we pick up the reading from there with verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Through the years, many artists have tried to depict the strength of Samson. And if you think of Samson being strong, an image that comes to mind is him grabbing the pillars and pulling them in. But probably an image that more artists have used to depict his strength is the image of him ripping up the gates of the city of Gaza. It's an interesting story where Samson was in the city of Gaza among the Philistines and he got up in the middle of the night and a number of people were waiting for him in the morning to kill him. And he wakes up ahead of that and goes to the city gates and rips them up from their foundations and uh, takes those very doors along with the doorposts. This is what it says in the book of Judges. He pulled them up, crossbars and all, set them on his shoulders and took them up to the top of the hill opposite Hebron. What a show of force. To uh, And artists have tried to depict just how big and heavy those doors were and him carrying them up to the top of this mountain and the gates of a city were often the symbol of their greatest power and their their force on people and to be able to rip their gates up like this was such a powerful symbol if you controlled the gates of a city in ancient times that meant you could control the people and you could control everything going on there and you would be able to conquer the inhabitants of that city and plunder maybe an entire nation because of that. It, it demonstrated that the greatest show of force that they had, the, the greatest, strongest thing that they could build to protect themselves, that you could take that away from them. Jesus uses that expression about the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, using that to depict the strongest strength that the kingdom of the devil can have against us, this most formidable part of Satan's kingdom and his power. But when he asked the question for, to his disciples, who do people say that I am? And uh, he knew the answers, of course. Our Lord knows all things. But then he seeks to ask them and test them in their faith who do you say that I am? And really that's the question that the Son of God puts in front of every one of us today. Who do you say that I am? And he's seeking a confession out of the members of his church. And so when Peter gives this wonderful, accurate response, he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Luther says the entire Apostles' Creed is included in those words. 
Jesus then says to Peter, on this rock, meaning that confession, the very statement you just gave, that I am the son of the living God, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. A Norwegian bishop by the name of Locke commented, he said, the church is not built on the person of Peter who in himself is weak. It's probably the disciple we know the greatest weaknesses about of all Jesus' disciples. So he says, the church is not built on the person of Peter who in himself is weak, but on the truth that Jesus, the Son of Man, is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so through the centuries, the, the Holy Christian Church has had to strive and work hard to hold on to this precious confession about who Christ is. St. John even goes so far as to say in one of his letters that if you don't have this, you don't have God. You lose it all. Everything will be lost. Anything you know about God is lost if you don't have the proper confession of who the Son of God is. Christology is not a minor point in theology. It is theology. It is knowing Christ and who he is and what he's done for you that matters more than anything else. And if we lose that, we lose, we lose God himself. But when we have that and confess it accurately from a heart of faith, as John says, he who has the Son has life, eternal life. Now you know why the devil can't stand this confession. Now you know why there have been so many heresies and errors through the history of the church to attack the person of Christ. It's amazing when you study the history of the church, all the different ways that the devil has come up with to try to destroy this confession of who Christ really is. Some of them are really sneaky and really you have to be very, very careful with them. But this confession of who Christ is that God himself puts in our hearts, as Jesus says, this wasn't taught to you by men. His heavenly Father is the one that gives this. It's just words that come out of our mouth. It's just little sentences that we say. But it's something that has grown in a heart of faith that leans on Christ and his grace and forgiveness, that trusts in his holiness as our own now given to us in baptism. And that confession comes out of the mouth of believers. But that little tiny expression of faith has the power to defeat the greatest forces of hell itself. The reason is because God has attached himself to that confession. This week we consider the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus who on that mountain suddenly glowed with the radiance of just a glimpse of his divine majesty. And uh, what he's teaching us here is that not only does he possess this majesty and power over, over the kingdom of the devil, but those who confess him also have that power as well. We can claim that same kind of authority over the powers of hell itself. When Samson went and ripped up those gates in the city of Gaza, he became the aggressor. He tore up those gates as an aggressor. When you attack the gates of a city, that means that you are the aggressor. And Jesus is teaching us something here. This is not a passive position by the Holy Christian Church in the world. Her confession of Christ is an active, aggressive bringing of force onto the kingdom of the devil, to the very gates of the devil's strongest holds in the world. 
The strongest part of his kingdom has no power against the confession of the church. We may feel weak. We may feel like we're badgered in this world. But the confession that comes out of a heart of faith is more powerful than anything this world or the devil can ever throw at it. And even a little tiny girl, even a little child who confesses, Jesus loves me, this I know, even she contains in that confession a power more powerful than the devil himself. In fact, Jesus often talks about, about us and says we should go to look at little children to see a strong faith. Is it possible that you and I had more power over the devil when we were five than we would today because of that humble, precious faith that clings to Christ? That alone is where we are built on the rock of Christ himself. And there's nothing stronger than that. And so as Jesus said to Peter on that day when he asked him these questions, blessed are you, so through my mouth he says to you as one who confesses him to the world, blessed are you. Amen.